Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the RAC podcast, the Welsh Regional Rugby Appreciation Pod, where we try to cover all the important issues on and off the field in Welsh regional and national rugby. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, all of that information is at the end, so you'll just have to bear with us and get to that bit. In the meantime, enjoy this week's show. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Rap Podcast with me, Lee G. As always, joining me is, and now I've got to get this one right, Welsh Twitterer, Welsh Twitterer Extreme, <laughs> and they introduced you as James, didn't they? They say it was James or Jamie? Uh, it, Rob, it was Rugby Pass who described as Welsh Rugby Twitterer, James Phillips. I didn't even get my fucking name right. James <laughs> <laughs> Love podcast. <laughs> so, so from now on, James is is a Welsh Twitterer, um, and then joining Welsh rugby me, Twitterer. Welsh, Welsh rugby, rugby Twitterer. Get it, get yeah. it right. And, uh, and Reese as well. And um, those Hello. of you um, who who just don't like the guy will be delighted that Carwin's not in. <laughs> He's gonna kill me, isn't he? So um, Carwin can't make it this week. He's on night. So replacing Carwin, and I've got to say, visually massive upgrade. Wi-Fi massive upgrade already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, joining us is Jordy McGinty from. It's this. Oh fuck! I've forgotten already. The Scottish Rugby Podcast, isn't it? Scottish Rugby Podcast. That's yeah, we go. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. see, so the funny thing about it is that that's what all the banners around Murrayfield say as well, because we we got the name before the official one did, so we get free <laughs> advertising at Murrayfield every game day, which is brilliant. <laughs> Smart move. Awesome. Yeah, very good. Yeah. yeah, you can't fault that, can you? When somebody else is doing your advertising for you, that's that's spot on. That is. Yeah, not just someone else either. The the actual union, the SRU, put the boards up all around the stadium. Brilliant. <laughs> can't buy that. In fact, they wouldn't sell it to us even if we wanted it. So they do, we definitely can't buy it. We should try that, boys. We should rename ourselves as the 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 Welsh Rugby. Yeah, we couldn't call it the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, could we? But has someone got the Welsh Rugby podcast? Yeah, Wales Online have got one, haven't they? Ah, uh, yeah, they do. But it's not going anymore. For them. 
Oh, no. No, you're yeah. right. Good point. <laughs> I'm sure right. we might get on to how Wales Online boils my piss later, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to be mistaken for them. We can talk no. about that for sure. We can <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start off with a bit of admin then before we before we get into rugby, gents. And let's do um, drink of the week. So, um, Johnny, obviously Carwin, bit of a heavy drinker. You know, he's got a selection of various bitters, shorts, tequilas, rum, that sort of thing. Uh, how, how are you replacing him this week, my friend? Oh, in a totally different way. Although I have to say, if this was Friday, I'd be right into that. But I am a, I'm also a primary school teacher and the kids are hard enough work without a hangover. So I stay off the beers on a school night. So I've got I've got myself a wee coffee. I got I got a new espresso machine for Christmas and I have become quite the arsehole since then when it comes to like coffee and stuff. So treated myself to an extra one. It's something about an espresso machine, isn't there? Like, you know. It's so good. Yeah, absolutely. Ours has got the milk one oh, on it. I was going to say, is it like one of those automatic ones, or is it one you've got to do yourself? Because there's ones you do yourself oh, as a proper job. Do it myself, yeah. Do it, we do it ourselves. So it's got a yeah, little espresso bit and then a milk wand. Took me four days after I got it to draw a penis in a coffee with it, obviously. <laughs> I, got, I got it for Christmas, and then a couple of days after Christmas, my wife got me a book of like latte art, how to make it and stuff. And then two days after that, I drew a penis. Because I am, like I say, <laughs> a primary school teacher. That's next I level, am, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a primary school teacher, I'm a father, I'm a middle-aged man, but I am also uh, a rugby player and a punk musician. So if some an opportunity comes up to draw a dick on something, I'm going to do it. So. <laughs> awesome. read this book and went, oh, I, I can draw stuff with that. Great. Here we go. It's about the and only thing I can do, the only musician. I am indeed, yes. Yeah, what, what, what sort of stuff do you play? What, what instruments? And... Uh, I play bass. I haven't been in a band for a few years. Um, I used to be in a band called Uniforms, and uh, Cardiff was our favourite city to come to in the UK. Loved it. So, oh, fantastic! Yeah, we'll, we'll chat about this more unseen. after because you might you might know some people I know down there. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, man. Wicked. Yeah. yeah. Reese knows all the famous musicians in Cardiff because he's he's their go-to person. If they ever need a bit of advice <laughs> on the drums, Reese is the boy. That's Reese is where they go. I'm the straight four four. And nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> do you um do you know question the mark, Reese? From down oh, Cardiff. Sorry? Do you know question the mark? No. They no. play in Cardiff a lot. They're from they're from Pregend actually. Um but they okay. were really good really good pals of ours. They used to put us on if we were touring down that way. And yeah, I, I loved Cardiff. And uh Gareth and Owen had a promotion company. I can't remember what it's called though. Uh, they put on loads of shows in Cardiff. They're brilliant. Is it Shoot the Loom? Shoot the goon. Oh, shooting good. Yeah. Fucking love shooting goon. They were so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know yeah. where the, um, uh, only through a friend, like sort of thing. But I know like John, the, the old lead singer, uh, and uh, uh, Jimmy uh, Hewitt, the bassist. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they are told... um, local boys. They are from around this area. Like. Yeah, from sport, aren't they? Sorry? I told you we'd find um, ways of Jimmy not Hewitt talking lives, about uh, Wales and Scotland. Up North yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, Rugby yeah. Podcast, you boys Rugby carry on. Me and Jamie <laughs> can have a beer. You boys carry on. <laughs> sorry, I just, just cracked on. We're fine. He's a punk musician. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, Rugby Podcast. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. Right, last thing very quickly. I'm sure that Gareth and Owen's promotion company was called STHC, and they put on loads and loads of punk shows in Cardiff. They're, they're absolutely top lads as well. They're brilliant. 
the scene used to be massive, yeah. It is. It's yeah. a lot smaller now, yeah. We used to love coming. We used to play Goody Who quite a lot. Or um It's knocked down now, yeah. Yeah, I know that was really upsetting. Mm. Or was it is it the moon? Is that in Cardiff? The moon, yeah, on Womanby yeah. Street. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was there not are so you long ago. Are you, are you boys? Yeah, yeah. Right, wait, we we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to this yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is a whole new podcast we're going to start. Yeah. I can catch up on EastEnders if you want, then I can yeah. come back. <laughs> right, Reese, what's your drink of the, drink of the week, mate? I've gone for um, basically like people coming over and just leaving beers in my, uh, in my kitchen. So I've gone for a, a Desperado this week. Uh, the beer with a little bit of tequila in. Yeah, tequila, um, yeah. yeah. So it's not a Monday beer, is it? But but yeah, we'll go with it for tonight. Yeah. I quite like that. I've uh, I've had that a couple of times in the past. Mm. It's quite a nice beer. It's nice, yeah. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah. Jamie, hang on. Listen, is it chocolate or peanut <laughs> butter or some kind of bollocks like that beer this evening? What flavour <laughs> this week? I see Jamie's clearly a beer drinker after my own heart then, because, yeah, yes. a chocolate peanut butter stout all the way for me. No, I don't do peanut butter. That's the one thing. Oh, I didn't like it, mate. It was fucking hanging. I didn't like it. Right, so it's Tiny Rebel again. This is the last Tiny Rebel beer now I've got. Mm. Actually, can I before I continue, can I just say, if anyone from Tiny Rebel is listening to this pod yeah. and they want to sponsor us, please And do, the Scottish because... Rugby Podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, While I'm here. They're the other two podcasts, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so... If you want to sponsor the pod, please do, because I'm not being funny, lads. You're getting a fucking shitload of promotion from me. <laughs> I'm featuring your beers on a weekly basis now. So yeah. if you do want to sponsor us, get in touch, please do. That's all I'm saying. That's all. <laughs> right. So tonight I've got Monstar. You know the Ooh, Monster Oh, did you get drink? the January ones? Yeah. I fancied them, but I never got around to ordering them. Hawaiian Oh, you'd have loved them. This, so this is Hawaiian Punch IPA Monstar Limited Edition, 5.8%. And I really like this one because it's fruity. And you know how much I love fruity beers. <laughs> and this one's banging. Tiny Rebel, the best beers around. Just say an See, asshole if you want to get in contact. Just saying Tiny Rebel. Did you hear that? <laughs> Grav from Rock and Roll has been trying to get Tiny Rebel to sponsor him for about 18 months without any joy. So you're going to have oh, to try to he can't do it. Yeah. You've got no <laughs> fucking chance to free. Let's be honest. Well, I, I've gone classic. Um, after after the uh, the game on Saturday, um, I felt it was quite apt. I've got one called uh, uh, it's called Ghost Ship on there because <laughs> there's fucking nothing inside once you get past the outside <laughs> bit. Um, I don't even. It was. It just. It looked. I like quite like the picture. Um, so I went. Okay, I love that. And uh, I didn't even look at. Apparently, it's a citrus beer. So, um, but I can't find out who it's made by. But, um... It's Adnams, I think, from down Portsmouth, Ghost Ship. Oh, yeah, the big... Sorry, you've got me out to be an arsehole about beer now as well. <laughs> okay, <yeah>. Absolutely, <laughs> just bringing out yeah, all the big but... guns of things I'm a dick about. In yeah. after five Why range of subjects to that, guys? Why range of subjects? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Right. <laughs> Does anybody actually want to talk about rugby, or should we... Because I've oh, just I got do. my what? bathroom fitted. That's beer. I can... <laughs> <laughs> you want to touch? Can like we mirror? talk about? Can we talk about the punk scene in Cardiff? Pick up where you left off. Like, I'd rather talk about that than the, the game on Saturday. To be quite Anything honest, other really. than that game on Saturday. Come on then. Well, let's talk about Sunday's game. Let's let's do some rugby. 
and we'll leave we'll leave the Wales Scotland game until we've all had a couple of beers, so it's a bit easier to to kind of take. So, what did we make of now? If we're gonna if we're gonna give it its proper name, the England game. If you're watching ITV commentary, it's the England game where Italy were good enough to turn up. So, what did mm. what did we make of the England game? On Sunday, the ITV should not. Well, I shouldn't say that, should I? Um, but um, <laughs> I, I thought um, uh, England put in a better performance. I thought it was more structured. But I thought Italy, uh, apart from you know later on, they did uh, stick hammering away, but um, didn't really sort of turn up the way they have done to um, the past couple of games, maybe in the autumn and uh, and the last game against France. Mm. Stephen Varney was much better. I think if Stephen yes. Varney had been as bad again as he was last week, it would have been a long old day for Italy. But they need Garbisi back sharpish. I think they'll think yeah. things are going to get very different once Garbisi's back, just in time to play us and you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Varney's a local boy. Varney's from down by me. He's from yeah, he's like Gloucester. He's a Welsh speaker as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's from yes, yeah. 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 His his dad was Adrian Varney. He used to play for Neath. And I, I think oh. he played. I think he had a couple of caps for Wales, but um, yeah. But all the family are proper Italian and stuff. So he he speaks um, English, Welsh, and Italian fluently. So we can swear at the referee in three different languages, and ref won't care. Um, so, but yeah, we we missed him. We yeah. skipped that particular one. So I'm trying to goad me into the fact that to say that Tommaso Allen's Scottish because that's like a. That's a commentator's little like tick off. I don't think I've ever watched an Italy game where they don't mention it. It's like, yeah. guys, we know you can stop now. <laughs> yeah. He played for the under twenties, I think, and his his dad played for Italy, but his uncle played for Scotland and South Africa. Okay. Wow! See, commentators don't do it when when England are playing. They don't go. Oh, there's so and so that was born in wherever else. It's it's only ever the opposition that are, yeah. you know, not from their home country and all. Yeah, that. I don't. I don't remember them ever saying. Uh, there's Brad Shields, who we literally had to smuggle out of New Zealand in the middle of the night to stop and play for the All Blacks. That yeah. never came up. <laughs> <laughs> it's never been mentioned. Never came up in conversation. Yeah. <laughs> well, they said to. Um, Dalalio, didn't they, before the game? They said, obviously, you know, you're um, half English, half Italian. Now you've got Italian uh, blood in you. So, well, what do you think of the England lineup today? <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it was half a chance of it. But anyway. I, uh, I tweeted about this. I, I fucking despise watching rugby on ITV. I really, uh, really do. Oh, when England are playing. Oh, it makes my oh, skin crawl. I fucking hate it. Like, <laughs> Pugac asked Sir Clive about Italy. He said, oh, you know, what do you think of Italy? You know, Clive's not quite getting to the game. He said, yeah, yeah, they'd be poor. But England? Fucking hell, it took him less than a minute. Just don't talk about England. He was asked a question about Italy. Sir Clive oh. doesn't even know the England players. What do you expect? Like, Ollie he Lawrence, sat there two years ago and said, <laughs> Ollie Lawrence never heard of him, mate. Well, we were talking Lawrence, before we started recording, didn't we, didn't we? Like about how behind the times uh, Clive is at the moment. Oh, his thing about substitutes on Sunday was just fucking mad. It's one of the weirdest things I've heard in a really long time. I must have been asleep by then. I, I was asleep oh, most of the second I, half. I think so it was what, like, what did he say? 
Um, it must have been just coming into the second half, and he went. Do you know these boys? They're not really they're they're not really putting that much work in. They've all got eighty minutes in them. I don't want to see them making any substitutions just for the sake of it. It's like Clive. Have you watched any international rugby in the last twenty five years? <laughs> in fact, any rugby at all? No, no coach since basically the start of professional episode has ever gone. Oh, do you know what? We'll just leave those boys on the bench. It's fine. It's not like they're trying. It's not like the boys on the field are trying very hard. We'll just leave them on. Fuck off, Clive. Yeah. Oh, I know. And it's like, look, you won a World Cup. We get it. But fucking hell, Clive, keep up, mate. You know, <laughs> rugby carried on since two thousand and three. Like, do you know what I mean? He's just he's so out of touch. He's so oh behind the times. I'm going to quote that as as Welsh Twitterer James. <laughs> Welsh Twitterer James says James, James, not James Phillips. It's not Jamie. It's James, James. Phillips. Welsh rugby Twitterer James Phillips said. Jamie's just desperate to go viral again. Yeah. No. <laughs> Forty-one thousand likes on that. Seriously. Six that's Nation. That's, 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 yeah. that's oh, yeah. I'm not one to boast, but fucking forty-one thousand <laughs> likes. See, I'm happy when I get there. four. <laughs> it goes to four figures for me, I'm pretty happy with. One of them's your wife. And I know, I know. <laughs> I bet so, you've got that, that printed um... out and framed already, haven't you? You've got it on the wall. With the theater. I've got saved. I've, I've screenshot this in my photos. I probably will frame it at some point. With that England-Italy game, though, I'm, I was quite disappointed with it, actually, because I just wish they were better in the first half if they kept it tighter. I think it would have been a much more intriguing game because... You know, England did switch off in that second half. And there was a period where they were, when they came into the game again, a lot of possession, they were entering England's 22 at will. And they, they started to look a little bit edgy, England. And I think maybe this is a bit of a thing with both, right? Because if you look at last week as well against Scotland, they switched off then, didn't they? You know, and they, they seem to have an issue playing for the full 80. But um, it is a shame because I, I did expect a little bit more from Italy. And um, if they only played better in the first half, I think it could have been a much more tighter and intriguing contest. But England did look a bit better, didn't they? It's, I thought yeah. compared to Scotland. It's kind of the yeah. opposite of how it used to be with Italy, because Italy used to come out all guns blazing and like full of aggression and emotion and energy. But then they would tail off after fifty minutes. So you knew that yeah. if you, you just hug about for long enough, they'd get tired and you can run in a couple of late ones. And now it seems to be the other way around. Like they're they're in games at the end, but they're by then it's too late because they're started so slowly I think they just need Absolutely. to sort that out and kind of balance out a little bit better yeah. and they're much more competitive days, aren't they yeah. they're, they're a lot fitter and they're, uh, and they're producing better backs than they ever have done ever before but Absolutely. if you want to see a slow start you, you watch us then we'll show you what a proper <laughs> fucking slow start is <laughs> this, this is how you do a slow start proper alright let's, let's move on to uh Probably the best game of the weekend, uh, France and Ireland. <laughs> Jimmy's going, eh, fuck you. So go, fuck you, fella. <laughs> so so I, I actually watched most of the the, the France-Ireland game. I just saw it, it was competitive, but it wasn't... I didn't think it was like a great... It was a good competitive game, but it wasn't like full of... Exciting, wild, interesting play. Do you know what I mean? It just really. I thought this was one of the best games in years. I thought it was uh, yeah, great. I thought it. I thought it was good, but I just didn't think. I don't know. I think I expected more. I think my my expectation level was eighty minutes of just throwing a ball around and and running in tries left, right, and centre. So I think my expectations for the game were a lot 
higher than I probably I should have gotten mm. off the fucking high horse, really, shouldn't I? I should it's, have... it's the one I've seen the least of because I was at the stadium on Saturday. Um, mm. But I've enjoyed what I saw. Uh, I thought I was quite neutral until I got to the big screens at Murrayfield and realised I really wanted France to win. <laughs> Every time I saw either Johnny Sexton or James Lowe, I was like, oh no, I want you to get fucking battered, actually. Now I, think about it. Now I can see your ridiculous top knot. I remember who I want to win. Yeah. <laughs> when it it just makes to... loads of the Cardiff fans I speak to very happy, like, isn't it? They can't stand those players. <laughs> so what, what did we think of the game, though, genuinely? Was it... I say I, I thought it was just pretty it was competitive, but it, nothing in there really excited me. But then, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm the yeah, those end to end first half. The first then, half uh, was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I I think they, they just look uh, Grand Slam elect uh island at the moment. I can't mm. I can't see who's gonna cause um, problems apart from maybe the Scottish side, but <laughs> but even the even the Scottish side, like you know, where uh, you know, as good as our performance was against Wales, sort of thing, uh, 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 making mistakes that might be sort of uh, compounded by the the Irish. Uh, they yeah, just look like the full package at the moment. It's another week where Ireland just don't look like they were trying their hardest yet. Hmm. I think I can't shake this feeling that they've got another gear if they need it, hmm. and yeah. they just haven't needed it yet, which is pretty scary when they've played France. But hmm. was it something like um, France had less than a minute? In, in the whole game inside the Irish 22. Yeah. Did you see that? I, I yeah. Thought... That was a crazy stack, especially considering how many points they scored as well. Yeah. And I haven't gone back and timed it, but, you know, I'm assuming that somebody somewhere has, has, has actually come up with that and done some research on it. But, yeah, it's a frightening stat. If, if that's how good your defence is, that you can keep France out of your 22 for 79 minutes in an 80-minute game. Um. Yeah, you're doing something right, aren't you? They just look really well coached, though, Ireland, don't they? You know, Fowler's yeah. doing a superb job. You know, Simon needs to be as well, and Paul O'Connell. They just look so well drilled, and, you know, Caelan Doris is playing out of his skin. I thought Ross Byrne did well when he came on. You know, he came off the bench, and I thought he played well, and um, they just look, I don't say they look unstoppable, but they just look very, very hard to beat at the moment, and fair play to them. They are favourites to probably go on and win the championship or win the Grand Slam. And they're peaking just before World Cup, which is great because that's the way we like it because we know which what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're France, going downhill. Yeah. They're still not going to win a quarterfinal. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were good. I learned to a very good today. I, I, I enjoyed the game. I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. Really good value entertainment. So James Lowe's try. I'll be honest, I missed James Lowe's try. And I came Never in a little... fucking million years was that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was on the floor, wasn't it? Yeah. But apparently they didn't show the 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 TMO. They didn't show the 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 one angle that would. See it was that. the one angle they didn't yeah. see. Yeah, it is clearly part... his foot was touching the grass. You could see it then. Yeah. Part of me thinks that's a real shit house move, and part of me thinks that's what France have been famous for for about fifteen years. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <true>. lads. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I saw it after, and my wife was going, "Why, why are they showing the same thing over and over and over?" And I'm trying to explain, you know, they want to make sure to see if he's down or not, and, and this, that, and the other. And then later, like about I don't know, about five, six hours later, and then they, I saw the 
one shot on um, Facebook or Twitter or whatever it was. And like the whole room was quiet. I don't know why, but everything was quiet. And then I go, see, see, this is the shit I was telling you about earlier. <laughs> what, what, what? You know, it took you 20 minutes to uh, explain whether he was in touch. Yeah, the fucker was in touch. Yeah, look, see? <laughs> passed it by. She, she wasn't half as excited by it as I was, to, to be honest. But... It was a great finish, in fairness, binding. So did do well, but he was in touch. <laughs> That's the thing, you know? Okay. It's a bit weird that, that probably, oh, I was going to say the worst performance of the weekend, but uh, James Dolman wasn't great either. It's a strange weekend when Wayne Barnes is is putting in the worst refereeing performance, I think, because he's normally yeah. spot on. Mm. Agree. But he had a couple of clangers, uh, I thought, on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Now, Antonio, I'm entirely unsurprised that he's been cited. Yes. Because it looked like a stick on red all day when I saw it. It did. I agree. They got lucky with that one. Mm. So... We've we've done the England game. We've done the really really good game. We got five minutes left. Let's do uh, Wales and Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to next week. Um... <laughs> <Yeah>. Predictions. <laughs> so, yeah, we're we're all braced. I've, I've got half a pint in me. The rest <laughs> of the boys are are about the same. What what did you make of the game on Saturday? I really enjoyed it, unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I did feel I felt a little bit bad for Wales, but um, did you Wales, have been, Wales have been really good for a really long time. But I think, like, if you're going to have to have a year where you're shit, I'm afraid you're just going to have to have a year where you're shit. Um, this is there's. It's not like the total end of the world for Wales either, I don't think, because I thought Jack Morgan was really, really good again on Saturday. I thought he was he was particularly good in the Ireland game. Um, Joe Hawkins, I thought, was good in the Ireland game. I didn't see much of him on Saturday. I'm only halfway through actually watching it on the telly, so I'm going by what I saw in the stadium. But I didn't see as much of Hawkins' uh, good stuff anyway as I did in the Ireland game, but I did think Jack Morgan was good. Um, I think Rio Dyer... Didn't play particularly well, but had every right to spark Dan bigger the fuck out. Like if that had been me, <laughs> I was out of order, man. I got really absolutely banger. Yeah. I thought it was young player coming through, yeah. And and Dyer, he he didn't look great from where I was sitting. I have to say, but he played well against Ireland. I thought he was he was one of the bright spots. So yeah, I don't think having having one pretty poor game in your what third start in international rugby is going to be helped by having Dan Bigger screaming his head off at you for basic for something that by the way that was basically his fault like Dyer's pass wasn't that bad and it was and it hit him in the hands it's not his fault that that Bigger was looking at something else like that's his fault he shouldn't be screaming at a guy who's on his third start for that that really annoyed me yeah <laughs> but no, I, think, I think it's I mean, not as, as bad as as kind of a lot of Welsh Twitter seems to think it is like you got spanked don't get me wrong but you're going so well there. You're going so there's, well. There's definitely there's definitely positives to look for, I think. I don't think it was like a complete shit show across the board. I no, we put some though. good stuff together, didn't we? And, we, and, and you know, from a Welsh perspective, you know, we did start to put phases together, isn't it? But it's 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 
losing the ball in like you know really good positions like if we have a penalty we won't throw straight like you know or, or there'll be a knock on or a little little nudge or something like that forwards you know when we're on the attack in the 22 sort of thing and that's the I think the frustrating thing the thing that's not clicking another thing about the bigger thing is like we've got these old boys in the team isn't to bring the young boys on like isn't it to tell them like you know to you know pat them on the backside and say like you know that's all right. Next job, mate. Next job, you know, and stuff like that. Rather than go party with him, and you know, after and real diet is going to be a, like a star of the future, isn't it? I, I have no doubt about it, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it's just that frustrating thing that we we can put some good things together. Maybe not in defence, but um, but um, in in attack, we you know we we did build some phases and then just like gave it back in like uh, silly places. Yeah. But not to take away the way that you know the. The Scottish back row were sort of uh, coming over us in the on the breakdown. Take take it from a Scotland fan for the second week in a row, you cannot get into the twenty two and the five that many times in a game and not score at all and expect to win. Like yeah. it happened against Ireland, it happened again this weekend, and like that's the thing that we've been famous for for a really long fucking time. <laughs> it's like battering <laughs> on the door, 15 phases on the five metre line and then giving away a penalty or knocking it on or getting held up or whatever. And it's happened to Wales probably 10 times across two games. You, like, you cannot do that and yeah, expect no, to win games. Agreed, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's, that's really where we are at the minute, isn't it? You know, it's a, there's so many small things that are wrong with the Welsh game at the minute, that you just, you know, when it gets to the bit where it really, really needs to be right, one of those small things is going to go wrong. It's we're either going to knock it on, or we're going to turn it over, or we're going to give a missed pass, or, or, or do you know what I mean? There's, there's just so many small things that are not clicking at the minute that it's, it's disheartening. It was yeah. really, really disheartening. But the other I, thing is. There's a lot. There was a lot of stuff on Saturday that that was outside of your control. Like I think every Scottish person in the stadium, including Jamie Ritchie, because you could see it on the TV, um, by the end of the anthems, knew that Scotland had won that game. Mm. Like I was, like like most Scottish people, I spent all week going, oh, at that you know we've got a much better team actually. We've put out a better lineup. We're at home. We're the ones who are on the front foot, but. It's Gatland and it's Wales and we've never won two in a row and I'm not expected to win. And like the the overall feeling, the overriding emotion up here up until 1643 on Saturday was we should win this, but I think we're probably not going to win it. And like that's that's what we'd all been saying all week. It's like there's there's no reason for us to lose this game, so it's gonna be really upsetting <laughs> when we lose it. And at the end of Flower of Scotland, I text my wife and said, We're about to fucking murder this lot here. And <laughs> sure enough, because yeah. the, like, the atmosphere. It, I just want to check that you're talking about the rugby and and not looking after the kids. Just <laughs> um, yeah, the atmosphere at Murrayfield was unlike anything I've seen for for a long years. Saturday, it did. That was brilliant. Sounded brilliant. Really yeah, good. I bet it was. And you can see on Jamie's face at the end, he's like, "I I reckon we've got this now." And I think yeah. that I think that kind of switched for quite a lot of people. And you know, and we've been the team who gets on the receiving end of that before, sometimes you just get a day like that and there's nothing you could have done. Mm. What, what, yeah. what typified that for me, uh, apart from at the end, like with all that body wear, uh, tartan everywhere and stuff like that, and the, the emotional Jamie Ritchie at the end, but was um, uh, your hooker going off and then, you, you know... You know <laughs> yeah, Jamie's just like, oh, yeah. yeah, it, it, was, it was just... Uh, 
you handled it, it, it quite well. Like, you know, like I, I bet like, you know, some Scottish supporters were like, oh, no, like, do you mean what have you? And, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that's what we would have done yeah. in the past. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And that, that sort of typified the, the whole effort for me, like, isn't it? The, the 14 um, Scottish men just like defending well. And I Gordon think and... last week and this week is the first time in probably 20 years of support in Scotland, possibly more, um, that when teams are attacking inside our 22, I'm not that worried. Mm. Up until basically last week, if if a team was attacking in our 22, I just kind of assumed that they'd scored because our defence was fairly substandard. Whereas the last couple of weeks, there's been a few times with England and Wales where we're on the five-metre line, and I was like, I think we'll be all right here. Jamie mm. Ritchie's turnover at the end of the Calcutta Cup um, would have made me absolutely shit myself up until last week <laughs> because that was that's just like that was a penalty machine for Scotland for years. And it's just there just seems to be something a little bit different. In fact, I know your Osprey's man's not here, but I think it's Steve Tandy, to be perfectly honest. He's about to say Steve. Good job. Doing a good job. He's yeah. done a fantastic job. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed yeah. in the stadium on Saturday is we did a really, really good job, uh, Ben White and Hugh Jones especially, of shooting up into the passing lanes. And I saw probably five or six times for all the Welsh halfbacks where they had a pass loaded up and they had to stop and reload it and go the other way. And it's not even like they were blitzing up and leaving holes. Ben White and Hugh Jones were like literally a step or two ahead of the rest of the defensive line, but they were just far enough ahead that the passing lane was blocked. And so whatever move you were running, they had to reload it and try another one because they were just they were getting up quickly, not so quickly they were leaving <laughs> a hole, but quickly enough that they they were throwing off the passes. And like it that made a massive difference. I I saw Certainly, Thomas Williams and Bigger, and I'm pretty sure Reese Webb and Patch as well, all have to like change a play halfway through because the passing lane had suddenly disappeared. So that was mm. um, it was interesting because it threw them off. It was obvious that it was they were totally off rhythm, and it made a massive difference. But I yeah. think the the difference that that throws up is that Scotland are quite comfortable playing off the cuff. You know, when you go someone like Finn Russell kind of running the show, they they've kind of they used to reacting to things going a bit awry. It's like, why is he stopping and painting the ref purple? There'll, there'll be a reason, <laughs> but we'll go with it. Just uh, somebody get my brush quick. But do you know what I mean? You you almost expecting something crazy to happen. And that that pass that he gave for the for the try, where he's floating down and then reverse behind, yeah, and just think right. like, ah, oh, fucking give up and go on, boys, because you know it's he's on fire. Yeah, but then. Scotland know who they are when he's on the pitch. They 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 know what kind of game they're going to play. They know that if they defend enough, that when they get that ball back, there'll be something creative there. Whereas Wales have picked a side where all of its strengths are on kicking, chasing, squeezing pressure, and then we go and try and throw the ball around in the centres. And you're like, you know, it it it's a, we haven't picked the right players to play the type of game that we're trying to play. If, if we're going to yeah. play a creative well, game, then you need Costello, you need... Um, what's your boy from Cardiff? I keep forgetting his name. Jared Evans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jared Evans, yeah. You know, you you need the creative players on the park and you kind of build your game around those. Scotland, mm. That's exactly what Scotland have done. Because two years ago, everyone was all set to crucify Russell because he kept fucking up and giving the ball away and is like stop trying to do the fancy shit they've adapted their play around him and now when he does the fancy shit he's got three people to pass to 
Whereas yeah. we we're not trying to do the fancy shit, and when we do do the fancy shit, we fuck it up. It's well, I think he's kind of know, realised now that he doesn't have to carry as the team as much as he used to. I spoke to a Scotland player um, end of twenty nineteen who was saying that Finn Russell and Stuart Hogg were both really really frustrated uh, at the amount of carrying the team that they had to do. Um, and then the amount of blame that they got whenever they went wrong, and that was the sort of period where they were forcing everything themselves. And uh, Hoggy went through a, a period really badly where he was butchering stuff on the try line almost every game because he would not pass. And I think they now Hoggy is still getting there, but Finn at least trusts everyone around him. And you he- heard it in his post match interview on Saturday where he said, oh, "I'm I'm just here to do my job and make the other boys look good." Where he's he's in a position now where like rather than try to do all the mad shit himself, he'll set people up to do stuff, and he like trusts Duhan van der Merva if he gives him the ball that he'll beat a couple of players. He trusts Sioni Tupelote that he can put in the kicks through the back and stuff. And that it wasn't always like that, and it's made a massive difference now that he's able to sort of orchestrate more stuff and not try and execute everything himself because that used to be his problem. Is he forced absolutely everything? What do you make of Stuart Hogg then, Johnny? Because there's been some talk, I mean, Blake Kingon has done well since he came off the bench. And there has been talk in some Scottish Twitter about possibly dropping Hogg and bringing in Blake Kingon. But what do you make of that? Or would you stick with Hoggy? I would stick with Hoggy. Um, I think what people perceive to be Hoggy's problem is is actually kind of a strength for Scotland because Hoggy's problem now is that the defences account for Stuart Hogg. And so it's difficult for him and he looks quieter because he's got less opportunity to do stuff. But then because of that, because he's got one man tracking him all the time or he's being double tackled or people are rushing up to try and get to the backfield, it's creating space for other players. So I think while he looks quiet to a sort of casual observer because he's not doing the stuff that he used to do, what he's actually doing is occupying two or three defenders and giving other people an opportunity to get stuff done. So I think you kind of got to start him for that. And then coupled with that, Blair Kinghorn is so destructive off the bench and so versatile off the bench that actually that's probably the best place for him. And I think he probably realises that. That's I've kind of been saying for a while that I think that was part of the whole experiment of having him at 10, is that mm, when we get into the yeah. World Cup, you only need Blair Kinghorn on the bench because he could play... He's shown now that he, he's he's a reasonable 10. 10's not his position, but he's pretty decent at it. He's a really, really great fullback. He's yeah. a good winger. He's played winger for he played wing for Scotland before as well. He's he's played 12 before. So I remember watching the Chase of the Sun and Razi saying basically the entire Springboks game plan in 2019 only worked if they had Franz staying fit because they needed him to cover stuff on the bench. And that's kind of where I think we're going with Blair Kinghorn. And he makes such a difference off the bench in, in sort of any yeah. position. That's where I would have him, to be honest. I think it's the best place for him. Not because I think he's shit, but because I think he's really good at a lot of different stuff. Okay, and Gregor Townsend, is this his last Six Nations? Yeah. yeah. Do you even want if, him to stay, if... or do you think he should go? What was your thoughts on it then? I think I, I think I probably want him to go. Um, okay. I was I was absolutely sure I wanted him to go at the end of autumn. Um, I think if we win this Six Nations and he goes out on a high, then fine, he probably deserves it. But mm. it's taken him six years to get this kind, these kind of consistent performances out of probably the best team we've ever had. 
and he hasn't got another six years with those players because Finn and Hoggy are what 31 and 32 now. Yeah. Um, Ali Price is getting on a bit as well. I can't see Ali Price getting back in the team this Six Nations, to be honest. I just think he's he's taken a long time with a really good group of players and we need somebody now who can take the next good group of players and go on because it did take him quite a while to get to this point and, and I don't think he's got that much time again. I'd give him the World Cup because it's a bit late to swap down. Yeah. But after it don't do what we did. Yeah. <laughs> you say that. Look at England, Wales, Fiji, you know, his head coach is yeah. going Australia, down, it's mad. Australia, right. of course, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What was you going to say, Lee? You were going to say something there. Well, no, I was going to say, so Scottish fans now, like, you're on a really good run. You're you're almost as bad as Dragons fans where if if people start well, expecting fucking drag us win. into this boy, all right? <laughs> <laughs> together, this is. When we do predictions, every week we do so predictions and I'm not allowed to predict a dragon's win because Jamie comes out in hives and he starts having fits and all sorts of stuff. But Oh, I don't give a shit anymore, mate. They're losing anyway, so it don't matter. Carry on now. Lent the next oh, we're we're absolutely uncomfortable with being favourites. Like we've We've butchered being favourites enough times in the past for me to think there's no point in ever making Scotland favourites for anything. Like I say, like it, t- it took me until the anthem on Saturday to think we were going to win, even with a fairly substantial pile of evidence that said we should have won on Saturday. I was like, nah, it's still not going to happen. Still Wales, yeah. still Gatland, still two games in a row in the Six Nations. It's just all stuff we don't do. So yeah, we don't like, we're massively uncomfortable with being favourites for anything ever. Just doesn't has it historically gone well. Else are the same. Mm. But who's your next? Who have you got next? France. France and Paris. France and so Paris. So that's it. Yeah. This is the end of it, basically. <laughs> that was the end of the good run. They've won it before. They've won it before. They've, they go there in confidence now. Full of We've hope. kind of had their number in Paris a little bit. But yeah. That doesn't mean we're going to beat them. <laughs> <laughs> no, true. Yeah. The strongest French side, isn't it? Well, I think that. That French side is, well, as Ireland showed, they're, they're beatable. You know, they're, they're not as, um, you know, there was an air of invincibility about them for for a while and, you know, just give them the World Cup now sort of thing. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a contrasting style, isn't it? It is. Yeah. They, they looked very, very ropey against Italy and developing but still not quite back to being France at the weekend there against Ireland. Um, I still, I can't see them continuing to be bad. Like <laughs> I imagine Sean Red, too much quality there, like, like, isn't it? broken glass already. Like, their life's oh, going to yeah. be fucking miserable <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> but that was it though, isn't it? When, when Edwards with us, was with us, you, you either base, you're either always set up to defend or... You, at some point, you've got to attack somewhere, and Edwards doesn't like that. You know, you're always ready to defend, even when you've got the ball. You need to be ready to defend just in case, and and I think that's where sides struggle because you you are so set up to with, with him in charge. You are so set up to be defensive that when you've got the flair of France or whatever, it, it the two kind of contrast with it. At some point, they 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 jar against each other and you go, well, you know, we want to start throwing the ball. We want to start running the ball. But then you've got other guys going, no, you need to be 10 channel. I need to be 12. You're 30. Do you know what I mean? It's it's that very structured stuff that France 
just naturally don't play. They they like yeah, to play they're a bit like us at attack at the moment as well. They're very very unstructured at attack, and you just kind of look, you watch what Dupont and Entomac are doing, and you you react to it. And you're you're absolutely bang on. You cannot be that loose in attack and still be structured enough in defence to be the defence that Sean Edwards wants. So something has to give, and they're going to have to work out which one it is because I think they're kind of trying to do both at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Can we just quickly go back to Wales? Because we are going to have to go over some uncomfortable stats and stuff. We've got to talk about this, mate. This is therapy and we've got to talk about it, right? (laughs) (laughs) And it's free. (laughs) He's a a dragon and more emotionally used to talking about this, isn't it? I'm used to wallowing in misery. This is what I do, right? But um, one Gatlin after the game, he said, you know, we're in a bit of a hole. And I was like, yeah, no shit, Warren. Fucking hell, we're digging deeper, mate, you know? But the stats are awful. I mean, they really are. So Wales have lost 11 out of their last 14 games. In our last three games, we've conceded 108 points, 14 tries, and 43 penalties. Do you know how many penalties we conceded against Scotland? Anyone know that stat? Wasn't it 14, 15? That was because it must have been up around 15. Oh, was that the first It was 19. It was 19 penalties in total. It was 22-0 to Scotland in our second half. That's how shit Wales were. So I thought we did okay in the first half. Yeah, I know our accuracy was off. But um, in the second half, it was a completely different story. And I was listening to um, the BBC Scotland podcast. Tom English was on there. And he said the second half was like watching an autumn international against the Tier 2 team, which I thought was... Brutal, but fucking fair enough, because we also shit. But uh, I, I got to get this off my chest as well. I got to talk about Dan Bigger. It's not done yet. No, I, I got to talk about this. No, I, I, this needs to be addressed, right? Because I tweeted about this on weekend. Now, I love Dan Bigger, right? He's one of my favourite Wales players. He's a brilliant competitor. He's been a brilliant servant for Ross Rugby. I love the guy. And I had absolutely no problem with the stuff he was saying before the game. I thought it was great. You know, it had to be the spice, doesn't it? A bit of interest and... You know, we often say players are like robots and they're given scripted answers and fair play to Biggie, he come out and he talked the talk and I was all fine. But therein lies the problem. I think if you're going to come out, talk the talk, throw shade, you've got to back it up on the field. And it pains me to say this, but on Saturday, he was fucking abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. And th- that thing with Rio Day, I know we've we've covered it, but... Uh, <laughs> That, that really did piss me off. And Johnny was right. I didn't think the pass was that bad. Yeah, it was loose. I thought Scotland did well to put him under pressure. He looked nervous to me, real day or game. I, I don't know why, but he, but he looked really nervy. And what what good does that do, berating a, a young kid like that? You know, when the whole rugby world is watching, what, what good does it do, fucking flapping your arms and shouting like that? It's not the first time Bigger has done it. I just he don't was... care. Do you think he was frustrated that he's that he'd given all those quotes to the press and then he was having a stinker and Wales were getting butchered and he and like him shouting and screaming at other players and stuff is him taking out the frustration of the fact that he knows he's been made to look like a fanny because he's come out and said yeah. all that stuff and then Wales are are not backing it up. I think that like yeah. part of me thinks that's what that was. And like him shouting and screaming, who the fuck do you think you are? Do you know who I white, am? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like Ben White knows exactly who you are, mate. That's why he's doing it, you fucking muppet. <laughs> he's wound you up and you've reacted. So you yeah, mean, I think um, I, know, I think he knows exactly who he is and who you are. Like, it really annoyed know. me because like if he had backed up his words, right, I wouldn't have minded. But to play like that after talking the talk and play like a prick, 
I mean, his kicking out of hand was awful. No, he was. It was yeah, awful. There was, was some yeah, aimless yeah. kicks. Finn Russell completely outplayed him. I mean, that passed to Rio Dyer. Now, there's been a lot of talk about this. That was a big moment, right? And I was watching Scrum 5, and I watched it back in the commentary. And I think Sam Warburton's right. I don't think he needed to do that backhanded pass. I think he should have just given it a straight, because I think Rio probably would have caught it then. But, I mean, if we had scored that, Wales go into the lead in front. And that puts a completely different complexion than the second half then. You know, because doubts would start the service in Scotland. We know what the history likes about Wales. It could have, I'm not saying Wales would have won, but it would have made it, you know, it could have been a slightly different second half. I mean, you know, we were completely blown away. But uh, I thought Big was fucking atrocious. And I, I, it's not very often. I don't think I've ever called for him to be dropped. But he's had two piss poor games now against Ireland and Scotland. He hasn't backed up his words. And he's looked like, a, like you said, a fanny. And I'm seriously thinking, oh, maybe we should just go with Reese Patch or Owen Williams. But I want to give a shout out as well to Jamie Ritchie because fair play, I thought his answer was brilliant in the post-match press conference because, I you know, the, the reporter <laughs> tried to get, you know, a bit of stir. So when you figure, and he just said, talk is cheap. You know, he said, talk right. is cheap. Yeah, you know, they've won medals, blast in the past, and we've won two games. And do you know what I said? I thought, fair enough. Well done, Jamie. Good on you. He's grown good into answer. a really good captain, is Jamie. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, by the way, when was the last time that Bigger was Wales captain? Because he was in Andrew Brace's ear a fucking lot for someone who's not captain. If I was Andrew Brace, I'd have been telling him to fuck off by about the 25th minute on Saturday afternoon. He's always been a talker, isn't he? There's, there's a story about um, uh, Bomber, uh, Adam Jones, in an Ospreys uh, training session um, when Bigger was just on the scene shouting at the pack like and, and this Osprey's pack was the one from the noughties you know like with uh, sort of Adam Jones and uh, Tia Tia and all stuff like this and Adam Jones uh, chased him round the Liberty Stadium like <laughs> <laughs> but I think Harvey's, some... you know he's a competitor and you know yeah, I, I like that side of him but he, he, he does care about Wales I've always loved the fact he wears his heart yeah. and sleeve and like I said I still remain a big fan of him I love the guy but I, he was an absolute prick on Saturday. I'm going to say it, he was. He was a prick. And he was showing up big time, I'm afraid. Sorry, Dan. But... but is that because he's gone to France? Since he's oh, he's always playing... been a prick. He's always yeah, been I like know, yeah. <laughs> he's been a prick and then actually done some stuff which has been half decent. Now he's just forgot the half decent stuff. Is it because he's playing in France? How has he played it too long? I've not really seen any of the, the top 14. I haven't either. No, I'm not sure. Shouldn't have asked but I know he's question, been caught. Yeah, <laughs> should, should have checked. Go on, the answer that question. <laughs> uh, well, I, I know that Finn's been a bit up and down because I've seen the kind of bits and pieces of racing games, but I've not yeah. seen any of, of bigger since he went there. I used to watch although, loads because I'm a Saints fan. So, yeah. Although we should point out, mate, bigger wasn't the only one who was garbage. I mean, Liam Williams again, another player I love. He's becoming a liability now. Two games, two yellow cards. Yeah. You know, George North again, another player who I've loved watching over He's... the years. He's lost. We a need lot to make pace. it. He's, he's lost need... a lot of pace. He's, he's well yeah. marshaled every every game. So uh, you know whether, whether it is like you know uh, there's, there's an argument to be said. Somebody so big running uh, at defences will take in uh, and make uh, gaps outside, but but that's not happening. Yeah. He's he's, but... he's he's not doing what he's there to do at 13, no. and and that for that reason, I think he's got to be dropped as well. We 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 need to make a big decision on George North because I think we got two options now. We've uh, bring in Nick Tompkins who I quite like, and he actually had a very good autumn, Nick Tompkins. I know he's this big fucking chaotic ball of energy and you don't quite know what you're going to do, but I do like Nick Tompkins. I think he's too mad for Gatland. 
Yeah, is he a Gatland player? That's the thing. But I, I think it's worth giving him a try because George, George North at the moment is just, he's off it big time. I don't think we'll know? see him for a couple of weeks anyway because he was absolutely spark out on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. He should have come straight off. I mean, that, that, that how they left well, him, yeah. how they left him on the pitch. You could see, you know, as he went down, his shoulder goes underneath him and you could see he's at, his head is down on the pitch. That's, and he looked limp for a little yeah. while. He did look a little limp, and that's was, why I thought, oh, fuck me. Yeah. He was sparked. And the first thing that my boy said, so I was watching it with my boy, and the first thing my boy said, as he as he went down, and you could see his head go, and he go, that's the end of his international career. Because cause that's the stage George North is at. He's he's had, was it three? We've said that many times, though, Lee, haven't we? You know, George North has had so many fucking head knocks over the years, and we're thinking, oh, this can't continue. This is going to be the end. He still carries on. But sooner or later, I do think that. I, it, I, th- I know, think it was that. him down. I, I genuinely, yeah, I for, for his own, you know, we saw Cubby earlier in the year, you know, James Davis from the Scarlets, he'd been out for two years, what, 18 months? Yeah, because of a head mm-hmm. knock that couldn't shake it. And the doctor told him, you're done, son. Yeah, you can train as much as you want, but that head is not going to be in a position to play a game again. And I, I think George North is in the same position now. And but have you seen people on Twitter? They keep saying, oh, put North on the wing. That's the other thing. He keeps saying, well, who are you going to drop then? Because he's yeah, not he our best. Are you going to drop? Well, are you going to exactly? Are you going to yeah. drop Josh Adams? No. Are you no. going to drop Louis Samit? No. You know, Rio Dyer possibly, but then you got Cuthbert as well. He, he doesn't earn a place on the wing now. He's only at centre because we haven't got the depth there. And Gatlin said last week about Mason Grady. He says, and I quote, he was training the house down in training. So Brilliant. all right, fucking give him a crack then. Let's see what we got to lose now. Now I'm at that point now. I just think fuck it. Let's chuck some youngsters in. Less, the Six Nations are right off now anyway. I'm not saying completely rip it up, but we've got to start drip feeding and bringing in more youngsters as uh, the tournament progresses now. I think we're at that second point now. Mason Grady will bring you what we got North in there for. He's like a like a six foot five that can run like a winger, isn't it? Like you know, so so that's why North is there. So so why not? Yeah. You know, he's, he's twenty years old, so he would be a risk by chucking a, a raw twenty year old in, especially against England. That's a massive game to check. A mm. uh, raw twenty-year-old into, but like I said, I just think we're at that point now where we we gotta go for broke. The World Cup is around the corner now. We we gotta yeah, start that, trying new it. things. There's there's a lot of guys in this Wales team at the moment who can just about manage four games in six weeks for the Six Nations, but in six months' time, no fucking chance can they manage four games in two weeks when you get to a World Cup pool stages. So you need to have some players in there that can that can put up with the the pace. Not even necessarily like the the game pace, but the pace that the games come at you in a World Cup. You're talking, you've got four games in two weeks. Alan Wynne Jones can't play four games in two weeks. He'd struggle to play two or three at the moment. You need to get some people in there that can that can put up with how compacted a World Cup schedule is. Yeah, and we're in this very difficult position right now because on the one hand we got these aging players who are past their prime. Then on the other hand, we got these raw kids with no experience, or very little experience. We haven't got that group of players in the middle, the sort of yeah. mid twenties, you know, with that experience. So I mean, I wouldn't want to be one Gatner right now because I don't know how the fuck you go about team selection for England. I mean, I'd like his pay packet, but I wouldn't want to be him <laughs> because uh, it's, it's very difficult. And he's, he stepped into a shitstorm, and part of it is his fault, I'm afraid. You know, he got out at the right time, yeah. you know, and now he's blamed it all on Pivak. It's like, well, to be fair to Pivak, he did bring through a lot of new caps, 
most of them weren't very good. So I don't think it's fair to blame all the blame on Wayne Pivak. I don't think that Gatland ever expected to be back the state that he left that squad in because he knew quite far out that he wasn't coming back after the 2019 World Cup and he did not, I don't think he blooded a lot of young players for probably 18 months before that World Cup. Yeah. And so I think it's a little bit, actually, it's a little bit unfair of him to say that, that basically Pivak's fucked this squad because Pivak was left with having to basically start a brand new squad because Gatlin hadn't prepared a succession plan because he knew he wasn't going to be there. And now he's back. He's sort of, he made the bed and now he's found himself lying in it, I think. And, and it doesn't seem to be taking much responsibility for that, from what I can see. Absolutely agree, mate. Yeah. Well, if he is struggling with selection, he can always come on our pod next week and we'll help him. We'll, by all means, we'll we'll select the squad for him, and um, I'm sure he'll sit there and go, "Yeah, you're talking a lot of sense here, boys." Yeah. But I, you I, say that Carwin got the back row spot on because he, he picked Chunza and Raffle and Jack Morton at age, which I thought he was on crack at the time. But fair play, he <laughs> I think you said that to him. Yeah, yeah I think you said that on the pod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, not just that back row. Some of his selection, it was way too bold. But now, do you know what? Reflection. Maybe I'm on crack. Maybe we should pull that way now. You know, <laughs> I don't think it worked. By the way, I know Jack Morgan. You know, he did work hard. Um, I, I think he's a great player, Jack Morgan. I don't think he's an eight. That didn't he's work. No I'm afraid. An eight, is he? Six no, I think seven. he's just. And then for six, me, got these, yeah. Yeah. six, six or seven, eight, I yeah. think is useful in emergency situations. You could do a job at eight, but going forward, like Gatlin was talking about long term, you know, for Toby Falato, uh, Toby Falato, I don't think Jack Morgan is the answer. I think you either got to go Alan Way, right? Because he was an eight under Pivot, you try him again, and he's quite athletic and a good ball carrier, or we have to bring in Ross Moriarty. I really, I know you're going to think I'm biased, but I do think we've missed Ross Moriarty, that aggression and go forward because we're lacking ball carriers. So, Ross yeah, Moriarty would be the one I'd least like to see. Yeah. But then <laughs> I think Ross Moriarty suffers from a lot of the stuff that that a lot of Scotland fans say Xander Fagerson suffers from, where like he can get sent off at any given moment. He can. Like, he, can, he, can yeah. start, he can start a fight in an empty room, just yeah. much like Xander. Um, so can his own family. Like, do, do you remember his uh, <laughs> uncle and his father, like Richard? Yeah. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I remember seeing, was it Ross's Instagram? Saying that that someone shouted at his thirteen year old niece when she had yeah, Scarlet's fans. Yeah. How fucking Please, simple do Scarlet's you have to be fans. to shout at the thirteen year old niece of fucking Ross Moriarty? Yeah, like <laughs> are you very <laughs> fast people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, off you must be off your head. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. That's Scarlet think... fans who make total lack but... of disrespect. Isn't it? <laughs> Moriarty could get sent off singing the fucking anthem. Is is couldn't he? He he just. He, he is a good player, but the reason he isn't in the squad is, you know, we're giving away fuckloads of penalties as it is. Let's let's chuck Moriarty in and see if we can top twenty, shall we? It, but we need aggression and go forward. Didn't you go provide that? Will. One of my I, favorite, I, I think we've missed them. We've missed one them. Of my favorite images is him choking out that Argentinian. <laughs> Sanchez so should have fuck it. And the, and the referee going, drop him, drop, good boy, <laughs> put, drop. Ross, put him down, put him down, <laughs> drop him, and I'll give you a treat. Good boy. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting selection. Interesting, one way or another. So, right, are, we done talking, are we done talking about Wales now? I just say one more thing. It's oh, about Scottish rugby. And jo- no, 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 no. Johnny will like this. Johnny will like this. Because it was a perfect weekend for Scottish rugby. Because on Friday night, you had the under-20s. 
beating mm-hmm. Wales. It was Scotland's under-20s first Six Nations win for almost three years. Yeah. Apparently, John, yeah. did you know that? Three years? Our, okay, yeah, no. believe it or not, yes, I did. Our under-20s have been, uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting. We've got actually got then, a, a, teammate, a teammate of ours, his son has been playing for the under-20s. Um, it was him, uh, Callum, the, the big tight head that went off early in the game, which I'm still quite gutted about. Um, mm. But yeah, we've been obviously keeping quite a close eye on them and it's not been that fun to watch recently. So it was nice to win one. <laughs> Sorry that yeah, I had then, to be like statue from Wales at the last yeah. minute. <laughs> no, that's fine. And then Saturday, of course, we've discussed our Six Nations. But then on Sunday, you had the women's team, the Thistles. Um, mm-hmm. They were at the Cardiff Arms Park and they beat the WRU Development 15, 21-7. So um, it was a perfect weekend for Scotland over yeah, Wales. It's our first Scotland. Queen's weekend for quite yeah. a long time. But the women yeah. have got their own Six Nations again. They've, they've got. I know we're playing development squads and all of that. Yeah. So we, you know, we. I think March twenty fifth it kicks off, and we we do the women's Six Nations proper then. So, yes. Yeah, which I'm quite having, excited about. Yeah, it's, they're having a couple of. It's come on a lot, and it's it's good to watch. Mm. I really enjoyed the World Cup. I'm starting to get into women's rugby a lot more, and I really enjoyed the World Cup. The final was brilliant between New Zealand yeah. and England. The final you, was one of the best you know. I've watched in ages. We've, we're quite lucky. Uh, We've got Craig on our pod, who has uh, been a women's coach and stuff for years, so he's dead yeah. in women's rugby. Um, we get to talk to the Scotland squad quite a lot, and, and Craig really knows his stuff when it comes to the women's game. So, um, yeah, I've been kind of on top of it for a couple of years through him. Keeps me right. Um but no, yeah. it's just it's it's getting better and better and better. The crowds are getting bigger, the product's yeah. getting better. Um it's just been, yeah, really good. And I think we've got Wales in fact we've got Wales the weekend of the European last sixteen games. Oh, okay. So I That'd think be we're, interesting. The, we're the Friday night, the thirty first of March, I think, at mm. uh, the Dam Health. Okay. Oh, there we are then. But, uh, well done, Scotland. I, I yes, guess. absolutely. You know. And you know, I'm going to say it now, right? I'm going to take my hat, Wales hat off, right? Because Scotland going two from two now in the Six Nations for the first time since 1996. I think that's great for the tournament because it's been dominated by Ireland and France. And whether Scotland like it or not now, they're into the contenders conversation. I'm not saying you'll win it, but you're part of the conversation, Johnny. And that hasn't happened for a long time, mate, was it? You know? Yeah, I think it's, it's not just us being competitive at the top end, which has been a long time coming, but Italy are competitive now as well. Like, this, yes. is, this is the six best teams. And I know that England and Wales are obviously on a bit of a rebuild, but this is, this is the first time in 20 years, 23 years now, that we've had six genuinely competitive, quite competitive teams in the Six Nations. Some obviously more competitive at the top end than others, but but Italy are not the like guaranteed coming home with five points team you, that we used to have. Like, France yeah. really struggled to get five points against them. Uh, Absolutely. The week, so it's just yeah, Wales are letting everyone down at the moment, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> well, you you still got England though. You and you're like us. You always raise your game for England. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I just want to point out as well, I was very gracious of you there, Jamie, and stuff like that. And when we go back to regional rugby, I expect that graciousness about, you know, your your fellow regions. <laughs> oh, <that's bollocks. laughs> Not a hope in hell. <laughs> oh, fuck. Right, so, are we done with the Wales? Hang on, Jane, are you done with the Wales game? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got it out your system? Is it? Is it? I've had my say thank you, and you'll see my comments on the Rugby Pass article at some point after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I told you when they start stealing your stuff, they pay 60 quid if you call them out. Yeah. 
Is it? Cami from our pod does that all the time. They've they've stolen Cami's memes quite frequently. Uh, yeah. And if he like if he like publicly calls them out and says you've just stolen that from me, they just say or oh, send us an invoice or they pay him sixty quid every time. Did uh, Cami do the Kirby enthusiasm video with Dan Bigger? Who did that? Was it Cami? That was Cami. Yeah. Oh, fair play. Yeah. I fucking love that. <laughs> I, there were some really chippy Welsh fans in the replies. I thought he was fucking brilliant. I loved it. Fair play. Good on him. Great stuff. Yeah, Cabby's quite good at that. He's like he's he's yeah. a good sort of like quite subtle shit house a lot of the time. Oh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, he's got full good. he's got full on with Ed basically since the start of the tournament, um, which is always good fun. Because Ed is such a shit house, it's really good. Um People still think, fall for his shit on Twitter, don't they? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, like, like, how do you not know? Fuck it out. Yes, so yes, yes, it. But yeah, I a couple of weeks ago, um Ed had said something about uh, about Wales. And Cammy said, "Do you think uh, it was something about the the player resources or something uh, that Ed had said?" And and Cammy said, "Do you think being a principality of England helps you in that regard?" There was a lot of quite upset Welsh fans at that as well. <laughs> to be fair, that was a low blow. <laughs> so I take back what I said earlier. <laughs> See, this is this is what I both what I both love and hate about the Six Nations is all of that sort of stuff gets dialed up to eleven. And I think there's a there's a quite big group now of people like all of us and Ed and Cami yeah. and like uh, Grav from Rock and Roll and Josh and Squidge, um, yeah. who like who do it all year round and so like are quite into shit housing each other. And then every year the Six Nations comes around and people who have got no idea what's going on get steamed into the replies, going absolutely mental, and it's hilarious. So like, yeah, like I think most of us pretty much just like tweet something and turn the replies off. Because you get two or three people who yeah. have been doing it all year round and are, are like used to the back and forth who think it's really funny, but then all of a sudden at Six Nations time, there's also like 2,000 people going, What the fuck did you just say? Yeah, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> like Ed gets so many angry people, Cammy gets loads of angry people, Lee's quite good at from Blood and Mud at getting, getting people yes, riled up as well. Yeah. That's what we It's just do. like, oh, it's, it's, so it's just really good fun. I enjoy it. Because I'm that sort of nasty person. <laughs> we should start like a, a fake Twitter war where the only people will know that 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 we actually we're just having a laugh is anyone that's listened to us and gone, okay, let's have a fake Twitter war, and we'll just spend like the whole of, of the the next Six Nations weekend just slagging the shit out of each other and see who gets the most likes, and then and then we'll we'll see where we go from there, and we'll get the best like, people for that are Ed and uh, James. Who is a Leinster fan, an Irish Leinster, obviously. Irish oh, I know James. Yeah, uh, and time. yeah, the two of them are unbelievable. Like, if you didn't know them, you'd think that that they like properly hate each other, but actually, they're just really funny. And then every yeah. Six Nations weekend, you get people who don't know that they know each other going mental in their replies. It's very entertaining. But <laughs> that's great. Okay, so before we move on, then let's um let's have a little look at some rugby news from this week um so it is transfer time again so Sione Kalamafoni leaving as discussed previously uh, you know we asked Mudrak and he said yeah, maybe maybe not um but it wasn't a great shock to any of us to see him going what i am shocked at is the fact he's going to a, a division 2 side in france I mean, that's the level mm. we're at now. We're that's bad outbid. news for Wales. Well, yeah. yeah, but we're getting outbid for players by Division Two sides in France. 
you know. They're rich mind. They have got I know, I was about to say, you know, they're not peasants out there. French clubs are loaded. And he is 35, isn't he? Like, uh, hmm. I just, he's important to the Scarlets, though, isn't he? He's, he's back. massive. It's a huge, huge loss. Huge loss. Yeah. Massive. And they'll, and they'll find it very hard to replace him. But on the other hand, you can say, well, this is an opportunity now for Carvin, uh, Carvin Tobolotu to step up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's a couple of others as well. There's um, Luca Giannini, who was on the flank for the World 20s. On uh, mm. on Saturday as well, so he's another one coming through, and you and Shenton as well. So opportunities there, but uh, you know it's a big. You, you, he's still the top ball carrier. He's still the top meters maker in the URC so far this season. So it doesn't say great things for the sort of agreement in principle or verbal agreement or whatever it is that the WRU and the region said they had for yeah. contracts. Yeah. That there are still people going, like you say, like, and I know they're not poor clubs, but. The Pro D2 compared to the URC is a big fucking step down. And like he, yeah, and he is an older guy, and but he's still played internationally, I think, is he not for Tonga, California? I don't think he does. So, I, I, is he not? I thought he was. Tonga for a long time, which is it's, weird. Um, it's, a, it's a big, big step down. Um, and so, yeah, to not have the bargaining power to beat a, a Pro D2 team to a contract is uh, doesn't suggest that, that all is as well as it sounded for that verbal agreement that came out a couple of months ago. I would no, say it sounded that well, to be honest. The verbal agreement might have been, you know, you're fucked, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you should fuck off and I'm glad that's always been for years in other transfer news we've got Liam Williams apparently leaving to go to fucking Japan yeah wow. a lot of money there yeah. there is a lot of money there <laughs> yeah gonna, do you think he'll go he's an Asian tour guy I reckon he's, well, I don't know. It might be like just to, to get some more money in Wales uh, with the World Cup coming up uh, as well. I, so, so there's that there's that pull, isn't there, just to have one final World Cup? But at thirty one, thirty two uh, at the moment, they pay big money over there in the second division. You know, they you know uh, was it um, Shane Williams who was playing for the second uh, division side, and it looked yeah. like you know some of the some of the games I saw um, like on like Scrum Five and stuff like that, they looked like they were playing in parks. But he was on. Yeah. Big money over yeah. there, wasn't he? Yeah, and but, not to so, sound so, too much like and, Sir Clive, but you do not need to be trying that hard to play in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Like, Greg Lagos still played in Japan, and, and he literally plays every game looking like he's got the weight of his massive wallet in his back pocket, like he's barely <laughs> over a job <laughs> the entire game. And that's yeah. why they, he might go, like, isn't it? It might be his pension. Do you mean like he's, he's, he, he can't? You know, he's, he's, as you said, Jamie, like he's, he's you know, getting a few cards here and there. He keeps getting injured uh, uh, for Cardiff. He's gone off twice um, this season. Uh, so, yeah, he, he might go on the, the strength of that. But the I thing feel... is, there's loads of these transfer stories now because yeah, it wasn't yeah, that long ago. We had yeah. Justin Tipperick was supposed to be going to Bristol. Then we yeah. had Josh Adams supposed to be going to France. And they, they're coming thick and fast, but they will be big players leaving Wales. I have absolutely no doubt about that because yeah. the Welsh rugby has got to cut this cloth. We know that the wages are going to be reduced significantly. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to happen, you, I'm afraid. Do you think them and the English players have kind of been at least hinted that the cap rules and the, the residency rules are going? Because Gatland has kind of like 
in quite a veiled way since he come, came back and he's seen that, you know, there's no budget, the players can't agree contracts and stuff, has gone, well, I don't know who came up with this fucking Gatlin's law, but it's a shit idea and I'm getting rid of it. <laughs> oh, you and, mean and the seems to be doing, yeah. yeah, and England yeah. seems to be doing the same thing because Joe Marchant is now a, is now a part of their consideration again and he's off to, to France in a couple of months. Jack Willis is currently in France and still being picked for England. I think that these, like, the 60-cap rules or the central contract rules that <laughs> you have to be playing here to play here type rules are going by the sounds of it because yeah. there is no money and there's teams folding and stuff. Well, we, you we, need have to look at it. we need Rollins for the World Cup, don't we, as a second row, I think. Um, and he's 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 going. We, I think we have to take him to the World Cup. Uh, looking at the second row that we've got at the moment, with either a really old Alan Jones or some a beard who doesn't always fire properly, uh, and some real uh, young boys. Well, uh, I had an argument. Well, I say debate. I had a bit of an argument with Carwin about this because he wants the sixty cap law scrapped completely, and I said no. Let's not scrap it. Let's reduce the number of caps. Because this 60-cap law, let's not forget, this is not for the region's benefit. This is for Wales. It's, it's to have full control and to keep them in camp, you know, to stop them going off in the off week. So back to their club. Scotland doesn't want that. He wants full control of his players. He wants full access to them. That's what this 60-cap law is about. Don't be fooled in thinking it's going to help the regions because it's not. But with where um, Rollins is concerned, what's going to happen now is Scotland got to go to the PRB. He's got to get a special uh, disposition now. And he's got to get the agreement of all four regions and the WRU to allow Will Rollins to play in the World Cup. And on the evidence we've seen so far, we have missed Rollins the fuck yeah, in the Six yeah. Nations. We really have. We've missed. He's an engine, that guy. And you, you've seen at the Dragons, when he don't play, we're fucking awful. But when he does play, we're not so awful. right? He's such a big player. So, it's, it's, again, it's a big decision to be made. But do I want a 60 cap or scrapped? No, but I do think it needs to be amended. Because our law came in a long time ago now and the rugby world it's has changed. Different. Circumstances yeah. have changed. And there needs to be some amendment. But I don't want it scrapped completely. But that's just my personal view. You need to keep some people in Wales and stuff like that. But is it realistic with uh, the wage cap coming down? So, uh, not cap, but the wages going down so much. You know, we, we, we can't keep the big players, can we? No, this is part of yeah. the problem. I think we've, we've struck quite bit. lucky and, and have have a sensible-ish approach where we don't really have a formal rule, but we try to keep as many of our players as we can. Yeah. And then when someone gets really expensive and or demands big money, then we let them go. So obviously Fedden was away, um, Johnny Gray's away, Hoggy's away. Yeah. And we haven't really missed them, to be honest. It lets us keep developing players, lets them get their money, and you know we get, we get them for an extra... Or three or four weeks less a season, it hasn't made a massive difference to us so far that that I can see. Mm. It's an interesting debate. It really is. Mm. We'll see what happens. Okay, so before we move on to predictions, so we've got um, the fantasy league to go through as well, um, which I think was fucking rigged this week. I'll be honest. I'm sure somebody must have fucking adjusted my selections because I, I had a terrible really well. fantasy week this week. I got shafted. I've I got fucking shafted proper style this week. So uh Sean is still on top, then Hugh, then Wolf Wizards. Fucking Carwin has gone up from seventh to fourth. Uh, our Carwin, and then other Carwin has come down. And then I'm in sixth. 
and then but I'm still ahead of you two. So um yeah, not all bad, but yeah. I'm eight tonight. Yeah. You are eighth. Yeah. yeah. Which is two ahead of someone who didn't play this week. Who didn't actually put a team <laughs> in this week. <laughs> he, he was too busy basking in the Twitter arty. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I thought I was doing fucking great guns on that, but um, apparently not. Apparently, I'm still shit at picking a fantasy league team. So, um, right, okay, let's do some predictions for for this week. So, uh, I've got Edinburgh. We're, we're going to do a little bit of Scottish one, so you can pretend to be Carwin, which means okay. that your Wi-Fi patch is out halfway through and then you pop up for a fag. Um, and halfway through the dog, the, the dog the starts dark. barking, and you've got to take it for a walk and skip the last round or something like that. But um, so who that production are... value? <laughs> um, who are Glasgow playing this week? Let's list uh, Ulster. So Glasgow uh, in Ulster. I think. Oh. No, no, it's not. Sorry, no, no, it's not. It's not. It's Scotland. Yeah, yeah. That'll be a good game. Yeah. So let's, let's start on that one then. So, uh, bah, 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 bah. so Johnny, score prediction for Glasgow and Ulster. Uh, this is where I'm going to get into the Scottish thing that we've been talking about the whole time because the way Glasgow are going and the way Ulster are going really should be a Glasgow win, but I just don't see it. Uh, ah, fuck it. I might as well. Go back, Glasgow. Glasgow by five. Glasgow by five. Charlie. It doesn't matter. It's Carwin shit anyway. So, you know, <laughs> you, you may as well go wild. <laughs> right. Okay. So, Reese, your prediction Glasgow and Ulster? Um, I'll go Ulster by five. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> Just getting this shit You've out. You've got to get it right in. at some point, I think. Yeah, I'm the kiss of death. Oh, look at it. <laughs> and Jamie? So, do we think Townsend will release any players for this fixture, Johnny, or the Edinburgh? Um, he normally releases a fair few. Yeah. I don't see him releasing uh, Sione or Hugh Jones, but Ali Price, I think, will probably be back. A lot of the forwards normally go back. There'll be mm. a handful. I'd say 10 or 12 probably get released back to Glasgow. Yeah, OK. So I'm going to go for a Glasgow win by four. Glasgow by four, and I'm gonna go for Ulster by ten. Just, just, just to wind you up and piss you off and go. Yeah, you're gonna get fucking tonkin. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Ulster by ten. I don't think Ulster have been playing that well recently, though, have they? They, they're just not. Um, no, they just lost to Benetton. Ah, oh, fuck. Okay, Glasgow by ten. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Uh, Glasgow by 10 you can tell I did my research for that one boys okay uh, Munster and Ospreys so Carwin's not here so uh, Johnny you get to um, you get to go first on this one as well as Carwin's upgrade thoughts on that game I think that one really depends how many are going back to their squad to be honest um, Munster are at home Munster by 3 that's quite close. That's uh, Ospreys have had a couple of really good weeks. 
they yeah. might be they might still be losing their entire uh, Welsh contingent, but mm. once they're going to be losing all of theirs as well. Yeah, exactly. So, mm. so uh, Reese, Munster, and Ospreys. I say Munster by ten. Ooh, you can tell Garwin's not here. <laughs> I got a text now. <laughs> with, with no justification, just your boys are losing by ten. Cracking. <laughs> so, Jane. Well, I see Ireland have released a few players today, haven't they? I haven't seen the full list, but um, a number of players have gone back to the provinces and Ospreys are heavily depleted. Are Gatling, is Gatling going to release any players? Probably won't oh, So uh, okay. it's hard to see Ospreys winning this purely because it's Munster away, which is never easy, and they're heavily depleted. So I'm going to have to go Munster by 13, I think. Yeah, 13. And me, just because it's the Ospreys, I'm going to go Munster by 25. Just to see Carwin's <laughs> just to see just to see Carwin's face, and um, I haven't had much abuse of Osprey's fans for a couple of weeks on Twitter. So um, fuck it, there you go, boys. That's what I think of your side. Here it comes. <laughs> Strap in and switch off comments. <laughs> okay, so uh, Scarlett and Edinburgh. Mm. How many um, players are likely to be back? About the same as Glasgow, probably. I think they're going to want Hamish Watson to play 80 for Edinburgh, if he possibly can. That's a good point. Um, yeah. I think Grant Gilchrist probably will be back, even though he's played quite hard in the last two Six Nations games. Um, yeah, I reckon they'll they'll have quite a few back. Okay, mm. so go on then, because it's the Scottish side, you get to make your predictions first on this one then. So it's at home in, in, in Park of Scarlets. So oh, it's going to be uh, raining. I'm going to do exactly what you just did to the Ospreys. Um, Scarlets by 25. <laughs> <laughs> what, Scarlets Karen by Shaggers. 25. Yeah, excellent. Scarlets by 25. <laughs> There you go. Scarlet's no, by 25. And that's under Carwin's name, so that just makes it even better, as far <laughs> as I can see. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the, the bonus things about being particularly shit for the first half of the season is not many of our boys have been taken for Wales squad. Um, and, you know, we've, we've got another couple of boys back from injury. Our injury list now is basically... Samson Lee um, and a couple of his mates, so quite a lot of people <laughs> coming back. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Scarlets to scrape it by one, and could be close. But um, after the Bulls game, everything is is up. So yeah, Scarlets by one. Jamie, it's a tough one to call this, isn't it? Um, I am gonna go for Edinburgh. Um, I like watching them, but I think they're a good team. I think Mike Blair's doing a good job. I know Scarlet's are in really good form at the moment, but I just got a feeling about Edinburgh. So I'm going to go Edinburgh by eight. Okay. I'm just okay. taking a photo of that so I can wind up Craig. To send it to him <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go, uh, I think, like Scarlet's home advantage. And as you said, lots of players coming back. So I'm going to go uh, Scarlet's by seven. See, this is why you've always been my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. my God! I don't know even. 
look at it. But, um, right. Uh, so what all was right. the score last time you played Benetton? Oh, sure. um, <laughs> I think this is one where I think you've got really lucky because I think Benetton are someone who have given about 27 players to the Italian yeah, 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 yeah. And we have got, you know, a lot of our players out. We're just playing really poorly at the moment. Um, all right, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back Cardiff. Uh, I think... Oh, go on, Cardiff by seven. Cardiff by seven. Oh, how come, on, come on! Such a brave move. <laughs> Uh, Johnny, how how deep a hole do you want to dig Carwin for next week? No, I'm going to say I'm going to say Cardiff by three. Cardiff. By I think three. it's going to be close, but I think Benetton have lost too many players. Yeah. Okay. See, that, I reckon that's... Benetton would have beaten them if it wasn't Six Nations time. Is what I'm saying. I, do I, I think I'd agree. I think I'd agree with you, Johnny. Uh, it's just yeah, I don't think they would have at the start of the season. Uh, you know, uh, before Christmas, but. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you've come up against some proper quality sides since Christmas, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, Jamie, what's uh, what's your prediction? If this game was in Treviso, I would have leaned towards Benetton, but it is at the Arms Park, and I do think Cardiff will win. So, I'm going to go for. I agree with Johnny. I think it's going to be tight. I'm also going to go Cardiff by three. Yeah, let's go Cardiff by three. Okay. okay. <laughs> Come on, Lee. Come on. Oh, this is tempting, isn't it? This is tempting. No, I, I genuinely think Cardiff have had a couple of weeks to kind of reset, to kind of pull their <laughs> fingers out. Because they've still got the core of that decent side that, that that was playing at the start of the season. So it's kind of, it's in there. You've got Thomas Young that's kind of just carving up everything. And on his own, he, you know, he could probably win that game on his own. So I'm going to go Cardiff by five because I think it'll be blowy as fuck and rainy and all sorts of stuff. So I think it'll be a quite a, a down game and there'll be lots of mistakes, but I think you'll win it by five. So, okay. Now the big game, the, you oh, know. <laughs> so, Jamie, talk us through. Um, probably your easiest game this season, Leinster away. Yes, so we got the second worst team in URC up against probably the best team in Europe right now. I mean, what can possibly go wrong, right? <laughs> Nothing for Leinster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no end to the misery, you said, being a Dragons of Wales fan. I got no rest by whatsoever. I mean, for fuck's sake. Um <sighs> <laughs> oh look, do you know what? I'm not um I'm not too asked about this because this is a write-off, isn't it? Let's be honest. We know dragons are gonna lose. Question is how many will Leinster put on them. I hope we don't get battered. Uh you know, I, I fully accept we're gonna lose. I don't want it to be 50, 60 points, because that will depress me. I just want dragons to be competitive. If we can get a try bonus point, that'll be brilliant. But I mean this is just gonna be damage limitation, isn't it? But do you remember when Cardiff went out there? And they named this pretty decent squad, didn't they, in fairness? And you had Leinster fans on Twitter going, ooh, you know, this is going to be closer than we thought. we got a youthful backline and, you know, I fancy Cardiff for this one. But what happened is they went out there and well, they got fucking battered, didn't they? They, they, they oh, got mate, taken to the cleaners. It was miserable from start to finish, like, Jimmy. I was like, oh, watching it. Like, uh... And it was a decent team. So I'm thinking, well, if they do have to Cardiff, Fuck knows what we're going to do to the Dragons. It was a decent team that didn't play decently. We 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 just weren't in it at any point. Like we we, we like they, they were forcing mistakes, but like we were making mistakes for them as well. Like it, it, oh, it was shocking, yeah. it was shocking. I mean, it would help if we could have 
Alan Wainwright and Bradley Roberts back because they're down the pecking order in Wales. I don't see why we can't have those players back. But um, yeah, this is going to be um, one to run, one to watch behind the sofa. I'm going to have to go Leinster by at least 30 points. At least. At least 30. Oof. Yeah. Okie dokie. Uh, Johnny, your thoughts? Dragons by two. I reckon I reckon remember remember the really terrible 3 0 Leinster Benetton game from during the Six Nations a couple of years ago? Yeah. Mm. I'm picturing something like that that finishes like twelve ten to the Dragons. Oh I love that. The Jamie's about to explode. (laughs) I don't think I'd go on the next podcast. (laughs) 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 You'd be like, how did Cardiff get on, Reese? How did Cardiff get on? Uh, Reese, your prediction? I I reckon Leinster by, yeah, I I go uh, 30 odd points. Leinster by 30. And just to fuck with Jamie, I'm gonna go dragons by five. Just it's off. Yeah. We're not taking this seriously <laughs> then. <laughs> Whatever that, that ghost ship beer was, it's done its fucking job this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now there's there's always a game in the season where shit happens. It doesn't go right for one team, it goes right <laughs> for the other. And at some point this season, things are gonna click for the dragons and they, just we say nothing for years, mate. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go that this is the week. This is the this is the one. This is the boy. So that's that's my prediction for this weekend. Then anyway. nice trolling, Lee. Nice one. <laughs> I honestly think it's the one where like Leicester aren't arsed because most of their squad are away. It's the middle of the Six Nations. Dragons are up for it because they haven't lost that many players. They think Leinster are, are like not really focusing this week, and it's one of those ones that just becomes like a really shitty game. And yeah, twelve ten or something for the Dragons. Oh, I take a shitty game. I would. I'd love a really dull, shitty game, and Dragons not getting beat. Today, get battered. Oh, you would. I would. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Right, gents, have we got anything else to cover this evening? Have I forgotten something, or is there anything else? I to... think we've been quite comprehensive. We spent too long on the Welsh game, if you ask me. But uh, yeah, I yeah, agree. Okay. Okay. I'm blaming Johnny for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see that much. I think I was probably the nicest about Wales, actually. Yeah, yeah. You think you <laughs> <it> was actually? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, give us a give us a quick plug for 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 your podcast, then, my friend, and uh, tell all of our our millions and millions of listeners why they should be listening to yours. Apart yeah, also from the Wales-Scotland can... game. Other than that, why should... <laughs> next you, can, uh, you can get us on uh, Scott Rugby Pod is the Twitter. Uh, Scott Rugby Blog is the, the blog account. Um, so it's at Scott Rugby Pod, at Scott Rugby Blog. Um, the writing on the blog's pretty good. The um, the stuff on the pod is mostly just uh, Cammy trying to stop me and Craig from fighting with each other about uh, Glasgow Edinburgh. Um but we, we split it up into two halves. So the first hour is our family-friendly hour, uh, which is the most difficult pod that I do any time because it's the non-swearing one. Uh, and then we've, we've got the Patreon half where it's a little bit looser. Um, but it's uh, we've had some, some interesting chats. Um, we're trying to dedicate quite a lot 
at the moment during the Six Nations to talking about uh, what's going on with the the sort of sexism investigations in the SRU at the moment, and obviously right. you, you guys are not away from that either. Um, so, mm. yeah, we like to try and kind of cover a bit of the issues that are going on around as well as covering the games. Um, but we have we enjoy it. Uh, we we had a nice chat about Scotland Wales last week. We're going to have an even nicer one this week. You can skip this week if you want to. Um, but no, it's good. And yeah, like I say, we, we kind of like to catch up on, on everything. We'll get a lot of the URC. We'll talk about the, the women's game, the development league and the women's Six Nations. Um, and yeah, if you want to chuck us a couple of quid and join the Patreon, you can hear us uh, get a little bit looser, a bit swearier. We went through uh, all the Scotland players' favourite sandwiches on the Patreon two weeks ago. <laughs> um, just that sort of like, that's where the nonsense goes in that, huh? <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Man. Yeah, yeah. We we don't have that luxury. We have to mix it in. <laughs> we, 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 when when Jamie starts talking and gets too serious, we have to throw some some stupid shit in just to bring it back to, to normal. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong; like we don't we don't go completely nonsense free in the main pod. There is still nonsense. <laughs> if you want, if you want the real nonsense, where we like try to get the recipe for Jaffa fingers off Mister Kipling and stuff, that goes in the Patreon. That's great content. Why wouldn't you yeah. sign up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's worth the two point one for tell you that much. Excellent stuff. We 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 were once called by one of our followers uh, uh, four wankers talking shit about rugby in a pub, and uh, which is why we should have named the pod. We should have named the pod four wankers on a pod. Well, yeah. when we um when we talked about the trans ban uh, a few months ago, uh, we got we got called. Um, pedestrian sports journalism veering into dangerous men's rights activism. And I was a bit like, well, pedestrian's fucking generous. Thanks for that. <laughs> I'll take that all day long. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, Johnny, thank you for your time, my friend. It's, uh, yeah, it's been nice a pleasure. Well, man. I nice hope you've you. enjoyed it. Um, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I'll give you one last uh, completely unrelated tidbit before I go, especially for Reese. Um Anybody in South Wales who who knows will know, Hobos and Bridgend is the single worst load in and load out venue in the United Kingdom. If you've ever okay. played there, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There's maybe one person listening that might know, but it's <laughs> fucking <laughs> awful. If you ever get offered a kick at Hobos and Bridgend, ask if someone can carry your your stuff up the stairs for you. That's what I would say. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, Thank you for that uh, last uh, little <laughs> nugget of wisdom. <laughs> uh, and on that note, gentlemen, we shall bid ourselves good evening and uh, enjoy your rugby. We'll catch up again next week and do the same shit all over again. All the best, boys. Have a good one. Awesome, guys. Cheers now. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it enough to come back next week and listen again so please do subscribe rate and review the pod as it really helps us on most of the platforms that we appear on you can keep the conversation going on twitter and facebook by searching for us or rap w-r-r-a-p or you can email us on welsh regional rugby pod at gmail.com we'll be back next week to do some more of the same we hope you'll come and enjoy us and in the meantime enjoy your rugby Sports Social Podcast Network With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.